This morning's text for our message is from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. I would ask you to stand this morning as we read it together. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let us pray. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. Articulate your heart through my voice to your people. Let the transformation of our lives be wrought thoroughly by the Holy Spirit in response to your truth. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I remind you today what one anothering means. If we want to be like Jesus... We have to do life the way Jesus did. For our series, we have been learning how we can give whatever we are learning about and how we can receive whatever we are learning about and how Jesus was our example. Last week, we focused on praying for one another. And we learned that if we are praying in the direction God is already going, because we have turned our hearts toward God, our prayers will be powerful and effective. The week before that, we talked about valuing one another and the idea that our value is not found in who we are or what we have done, but in who Jesus is and what he has done. And because of that, we can value others above ourselves. Three weeks ago, we talked about loving one another and how it is that love often looks like loving someone that we don't understand or that doesn't look like us. Four weeks ago, we talked about discipling one another and how our responsibility is to both hear and give warning to each other, but always with a covering of grace and forgiveness. Five weeks ago, we talked about caring for one another. The way in which Jesus models one anothering in grief and illness throughout the gospel is our example. And we stand with those who weep and we mourn with those who mourn because we remember that at Lazarus's resurrection, Jesus wept. 
And finally, we studied encouraging one another six weeks ago and closed that message with the promise of victory in Christ. And each week during this series, we have done this recap, kind of as a way to hopefully underscore these principles in our minds. And I want us to have one takeaway from each of the weeks. And for each of those, I thought it would be helpful if we were all speaking the same language as we talked about them. Today is the last week of the series. And as next week we turn our attention toward the coming of Christ, Advent is a special time in the life of a church. And I'm excited. I'm really excited about sharing that time with you this year. But this week's focus is a little different because we're going to talk about all the don'ts. We read the passage from Romans, and I have a few more scriptures to read about the don'ts. But before we get there, let's talk about what we think about when we think about the don'ts of Christianity. Don't swear. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't have sex outside of marriage. Don't watch bad movies. Don't do this. Don't do that. Most of these are validly things that are helpful for Christians to stay away from. Only one is specifically called out as a don't in the commandments, but others are called out in other places. But these are the things that when non-believers hear them, they say, see, Christians don't have any fun. Tony Campalo once gave a speech and he said, I have three things I'd like to say today. First, while you were sleeping last night, 30,000 kids died of starvation or diseases related to malnutrition. Second, most of you don't give a shit. What's worse is that you're more upset with the fact that I just said a swear word than the fact that 30,000 kids died last night. The reality is that sometimes we focus so much on the don'ts that we forget that Christianity is almost exclusively about the do's. And that's the reason this series didn't start with the don'ts. Because the reality is, if you do the others, the don'ts sort of fall away. Let me give you an example of a couple of don'ts from James. I'm going to read from chapter 4, verse 11, to chapter 5, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you don't, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. 
If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who is not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. By the way, he's talking about taking an oath, not so much cursing. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Did you catch the transition there? From all these don'ts that James lists, and he talks about a bunch of them. Don't slander, don't grumble, don't judge, don't condemn. He goes straight into praying for one another. You know why? Because when you're praying for someone, it's really hard to lie about them to someone else. And when you're praying for someone, or when you're praying for something, it's really hard to, pray, to complain about it while you're waiting for it to happen. So as we do the things we're supposed to, the don'ts fall away. Paul has some really interesting things to say about how it is that we are to treat one another. And I think one of the keys to understanding all of this about the don'ts is summed up in the last bit of the passage that we started with this morning. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When you think about it, one of the hardest ways for someone to respond to negativity is with kindness, right? But it is actually the best way to deflect a bully. There's a video that I've seen a few times where um, there's a guy and he's doing bullying and, and the victim initially responds in kind. So the, the bully says, 
you're ugly and your mom addresses you funny. And the victim says, well, your mom dresses you funny too. And kind of goes back with the same language, back and forth they go. Then at the end, he says, okay, I'm going to still be the bully, but I want you to actually respond to me with nice things. So he says, you're ugly. And the victim says, you're nice. I'm sorry you feel that way, but you're a nice person. And the bully says, your mom dresses you funny. And the victim says, well, that may be true, but I really like the shoes you have on today. And the bully stops being able to find things to pull against the victim. It's a very interesting concept. And it's one that's really hard to practice. But it, it's kind of this message that Paul gives us this morning. When someone's hurting you, give them back kindness. All of the don'ts from this morning's passage are couched in terms of what we should do instead. And the big kicker at the very end is that instead of doing evil, we should do good. We should respond to evil with good. So if we take all the don'ts, and instead of thinking of them as things that are prohibited, Instead, think of them as opposites to things that are suggested. So instead of saying things that hurt people's feelings, you say something kind. Instead of lying about something, you tell the truth. Instead of slandering one another, you pray for one another. In that moment, you're doing exactly what Paul has called you to, which is to overcome evil with good. The last part of how we do all the don'ts in our one anothering is by looking at what Jesus' example was. And you need look no further back than at the crucifixion. And when he's standing in front of Pilate, and Pilate says to him, what gives? Are you the king of the Jews? Are you who they say you are? And Jesus responds by saying, have they told you that that's what the truth is? Have they told you that's who I am? It's in that moment that we see exactly how it is to be different. Later on the cross, as we talked about last week, when we talked about praying for one another, Jesus prays for those who are putting him on the cross and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Again, overcome evil with good. 
As always, we are celebrating communion every week during our series on one anothering because it is through breaking bread together with each other at the table of Christ that we see most clearly our unity through him. I would ask that as we prepare our hearts for communion, we think about the ways in which we can do the things that we need to do and thereby let the don'ts fall by the wayside. Make them by the power of your spirit to be for us the body and blood of Christ, 
that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one in Christ, one with each other, and one in the ministry of Christ to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. At moments first, we use intinction as our method of participating in communion. In just a moment, you will be asked to come forward, and we ask that you receive your communion by holding out your hand, and it will be given to you. We invite all who have accepted Christ as their Savior, who believe in Him, and who follow Him, to participate in the supper. And now we will bless the elements. <clears throat> the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you, and be thankful. blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you, and be thankful. You may come forward.
stand for the closing prayer and benediction. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you that you graciously feed us. We who have duly received these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the body and blood of our Savior Jesus Christ, by this you assure us of your favor and goodness towards us. We are incorporated into the mystical body of your Son, the blessed company of all faithful people. We are heirs through hope of your everlasting kingdom by the merits of Christ's precious death and passion. Assist us with your grace, Heavenly Father, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and walk in goodness the way you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Please open your hands and your hearts to receive the blessing. May the presence of Christ that you have known today be with you through the rest of the week. May you always recognize the abundance of God's grace, love, and mercy in your life, and thankfully and joyfully spend it on those around you who need it most. May you never forget that you are loved, and because he loved you, you can love those around you. You have been to church. Now go be the church. Amen. You are dismissed. Happy Thanksgiving.